Hola mi gente, Ish here. Mira, if there's one thing we all hate in South Florida, it's dealing with el tremendo tráfico. I mean, we're always stuck in super congested, pollution-causing traffic in our single occupant vehicles. Bueno, we're here to tell you about the Velocia app that not only encourages using public transit and other mobility partners to promote greener and less congested communities, but rewards you for doing it. The Velocia app, that's V-E-L-O-C-I-A, is partnering with Miami-Dade County to promote safe ridership on mass transit. Every time you ride Metrobus in Miami-Dade during off-peak hours, you can receive Velos points, which can be redeemed for perks, including Lyft and Uber credits. You can also earn Velos by answering daily surveys or referring a friend to the app. Así que download the Velocia app today if you're in the Miami-Dade County area, either for iOS or Android. The only thing better than helping the environment and avoiding traffic is being rewarded to do it. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Season 3 of Pero Let Me Tell, tell You. And you would drink el jugo de pera de goya. Yes, in the little can. Right. Uh-huh. Did you ever pour it in a glass with ice? Yes. And of this course. is similar to mango juice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It takes so long to get cold. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh my god. I, okay, I didn't think about that ever until right now. And, then and it's it so came funny to because me. like when you put the ice in it and you wait a minute and you start drinking it, like you can feel like the hot of the cold. The hot of the yeah, cold. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I've always known that. But it's a jugo de mango because I pera juice I don't drink that much. But a jugo de mango that's thicker, I always have to put refrigerate it, it. I refrigerate it, or like if I want to have one, I'll put it in the freezer. But like right, you know, so like take like, it out for like twenty minutes, right, right, right. Para que se ponga bien frío. Porque cuando tú le pones hielo a eso, it doesn't I get wonder, cold right away. I wonder why. Because, because it's probably very thick. No, but okay, but okay, jugo de mango is very thick, but una pera. Yeah, pera nectar. I mean, pear is not thick. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're starting. Pero let me tell you. I mean, there's no pulp. What is your favorite Goya juice? There's no... <laughs> yeah, there's no pear pulp. <laughs> Wait, what episode are we on? 120... 129. 129. Oh, my. I feel we've been in the 120s forever. Forever. But I think that's how people feel about 2020 in general. Yeah, we're in the 20s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's apropos. It's just appropriate for this flipping year. How is everybody doing on this wonderful Friday? Oh, I think it's October. It's October. Oh my God! I hit time to trick or treat. Spooky Halloween. I love that meme. It's been around for a while of people waiting for fall, and it's a picture of Sigourney Weaver with a pumpkin. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. You've never seen it. Sigourney Weaver, or Jamie Lee Curtis. No, Sigourney Weaver with a pumpkin. You've never seen no, it. No, because that's, because in my mind, it's like. If it's Jamie Lee Curtis, it makes sense because she's in the Halloween movies. No, it's even a, it's even already a thing on it on Google. Sigourney Weaver with a pumpkin. It's a meme. It's a meme. Oh, that picture. Okay, I know a picture. Yeah, okay, está todo reclinada. Oh, that picture of Sigourney Weaver with a pumpkin. Because for some reason, when you said, I automatically went to Halloween. But like, I, yes, I've seen that picture. Está todo reclinada. What else did you think about when I said Sigourney Weaver with a no pumpkin? Listen, you know what? It's been a long year. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because that picture, there's nothing else going on in that picture other than Sigourney Weaver with Reclining a on a pumpkin. Que sensual está con la calabaza. And you know what? Tú sabes que se enfría bien rápido. Now that I'm thinking about it, el jugo de melón. I was going to say jugo de calabaza. No, el jugo de melón. El jugo de melón is really fast. El jugo de piña. Manzana is like that. Manzana too. Pero sí, pera juice. And mango. And but, mango. And they're not, but they're so not similar. Because, the, no. Because, because mango is very fibery. Fruit. It's not the fruit. It's the like... Especially like Goya and all these Hispanic brands, they use like the nectar. So it's like really oh, it's thick. thick. It's like syrupy. It's, yes, it's thicker. But Coke is syrup and and it doesn't oh my take God. that long. It, The mango juice, like, <laughs> I eat the ending and it's so funny because um, in CVS, the CVS Imas, which, you know, it's yes, like yeah. a hybrid of them and Navarro. Yeah. They sell those little glass mango juice jars for a dollar. Ooh. So I always buy like 10 of them. Right, of course. And I'm like... 
I know there's no mango juice in the CVS in Wichita. And I don't care. <laughs> They'll be like, Karen, Karen, what is this mango ma- mango juice? Where did you, you get mango juice? You can make juice out of a mango? Where do we even get mangoes in Kansas? Is that from that one aisle in the supermarket? <laughs> it's the exotic. The, the ethnic aisle? The ethnic international aisle. <laughs> mango juice. Who knew there was mango juice? Oh, Karen. <laughs> And Carol be like, oh, yes. I heard those exotic Latino people. I know. I bought it along with my picante. <laughs> oh, and Lord. my salsa. Oh, Lord. Well, that, that concludes Juice Corner. Okay. <laughs> so let's, be, let's go to something a little more stale and dry. Oh, so, but, but just as thick. So, ¿qué me dice of the debate? You mean the national shit show that was televised? Okay. Because that, okay. that was a dumpster fire. Okay. Before I, we talk about the debate, a, in England, mm-hmm. there's that show, Good Morning London or Good Morning... The Britain. version of GMA. Yeah. Right. That, I forget their names. That's with like this blonde younger girl yes, and this yes, guy. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the video of them cracking up? No. You haven't? I that haven't, went viral no. a few years ago. So it's a show, listeners. Oh, wait, wait. I thought you meant cracking up of the debate on the debate. No, it's oh, a show. Okay, okay. It's a show. It's like the Today version. Actually, I think it's called Today. It in, might be. I know, there's one, I know in Australia there's a Today as well. And I watch this sometimes. I catch it on YouTube because, you know, celebrities go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, So if you want to see a certain interview, show, yeah. um, just like Graham Norton, you know. Right, um, right. And the hosts, a couple of years ago, they were talking about something and they they started cracking okay, up. Okay, I know that clip you're talking about. Uncontrollably. Yes, yes. Uncontrollably. Like, they yes. could not stop laughing on, you know that laugh that you get? That, the church like, giggles. That, like, yeah, that the, you're, the you're more gonna, you try. You're, and you're going to throw up. Yeah. And this was live on television. This went on for like over five minutes. So that became a meme that it oh, said okay, when okay. the British are watching the American, the American debate. The next morning, it, Brit, the Brits watching the American debate recap. Can we take a moment, though, to honor the valiant efforts of that moderator, of Chris Wallace. That man was doing God's work. Yeah. That man was doing God's work. And I knew that Trump was going to be Trump. Because... But I thought that Trump was going to be 2016 Trump. Right. Which was bad enough. But this was like No, because now he's emblazoned. He's emblazoned. This was like Trump 2016 on roid rage. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Now he's like... He's he's emboldened. That's what I'm looking for. He's emboldened. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to break some shit here tonight. I mean, it was like watching a Limp Biscuit video. Yeah. I. Again, I am a Chris, big, okay, Chris, so, what's okay, it, Chris so Wallace? Chris Wallace. Chris so, Wallace deserves a medal. So let me ask you something. Because this I is. I didn't even watch it all the way through. This, I, I watched the whole thing. Well, I had a viewing party. Um, Could not. So the, the, this is my question to you. So obviously, going into the debate, there had been a lot of concern that Joe Biden. You know, Sleepy Joe. Right, right. He was gonna. He was gonna be a pushover. Stamina, and all that. Do you think, in a case where your opponent is Trump and he's acting the way that he's acting, do you what what? How do you approach it? No, as a viewer and somebody who's going to vote for one of them, Mm. right? What would you be more? Um, affected by or more influenced, turned on or off, but influenced by if Joe Biden would have kept up with him and reached his level and fought back, which is pretty much what he did, which has some moments, which is pretty much what happened. I mean, which he did, or would you have been impressed or not impressed if he just would have not engaged? The problem with, in this case, the problem with not engaging means that, for 90 minutes, he would not have answered anything. True. But then he would have made that, the other one look like a bigger idiot. Right. But the problem is that then you walk away from it with people. And again, this is a very odd case where like already everybody's going into it for the most part. I'm sure there are some undecided people out there. I, I'm sure. But people are going into this already with like either A or B. You know what I mean? There, I don't think that there's still that many like, I don't know. Gee willikers. Um... If he was to just go in there and just be, again, like I said, said nothing, right? Because at the end of the day, he would have been a uh, you know very quiet <laughs> if he'd let the other guy just completely run roughshod. Mm-hmm. You run the risk of them being like, "See, he didn't say anything because he has nothing to say. If, he doesn't. He doesn't have any plans, right?" So it's well, it's, well, an un, it's an unenviable position to be right, in. Right, but the Trump people are going to say that Joe Biden blew the debate, no matter what Joe. No Biden matter what does. what happened, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um. 
So that's kind of irrelevant whether but he... I think, but I think that's why he decided, like, fuck it. He's like, I'm from Jersey. Fuck it. Let's, th- you know, let me, let, let's push back. Right. Um, I thought... I... There were a couple of lows for me. Um, I wasn't surprised that the Trump being Trump, that's who he is. He's, right, right. That's part of the Trump show. Right. Um, and I don't think anybody was surprised by that, really. Um, there's There were two... Memorable moments. There were you. two really low lows. Okay. Um, the fact that he brought brought up Joe Biden's kids, right? Uh, because Joe Biden has had, you know, he, here's my thing with Joe Biden. Whether you like Joe Biden or not, or even if you like Trump or mm. whatever, you right. you're not voting for Joe Biden. Joe Biden historically has always been a very decent person and he's right. had a significant deal of tragedy in his life right you know from his wife and his Daughter, child dying yeah. in a car accident to his son Bo a few years ago dying of neoglastoma of mm. brain cancer right so he's had a, a lot of tragedy in his life and he's always he's he's never been a controversial figure so he's a very decent person even if you don't like him politically even if right, you think right. but generally speaking a terrible president even if you didn't like him right. under the Obama administration so I think that he's a hard person to attack in terms of character and yeah and you know the fact that he attacked his family and you know he brought up his kids and up until the up until the 2016 election mm-hmm. it was an unspoken rule that you don't bring you family. never bring in family never right, right. Never. And this president was the first person to bring in family in the 2016 debates when he started talking badly about um, the first lady, Michelle Obama at that time, but about Ted Cruz's wife. That's right. Because remember, he started saying that Ted Cruz's wife was ugly ugly and all that stuff. Um, That was the first time ever in American political history that a candidate or anyone for that Mm. matter um, started attacking the the families. So... You know, he did it again, and especially him with the amount of tragedy that he's had. I thought it was a low blow, you right. know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just, I, you just I, don't bring family into and, it. That's and my... I think if I would have been Joe Biden at that moment, I would have stopped him and I go, you know what? You could say whatever you want about my kids, but unlike you, I'm not going to drag your kids into this. Well, he because... did. Well, he did say something to that effect. He he, because I, I actually saw that part. Um, he said something to the effect of, and again, this is. Three men, old men, yammering on top of each other. So forgive me if I didn't hear the exact what he said. But he said something to the effect of like, you know, um, I'm not going to bring up your family because I could bring up your family or whatever. And then Trump came in and was like, oh, what could you say? What? Right. Like kind of baiting him. That That's what, um, I, I, that's what I would have said and just stayed quiet. Que hable toda la porquería que quiera. Because... Again, to his people, he's gonna look like a, a, you a god, know, no matter a, what. A god, no matter what, and they're gonna, you know, wet their pants over right. what he's doing, you right. know. Right. Because again, I always say this: he doesn't have supporters; he has followers. It's zealotry. It's it's not supporters. It's a cult. It's, it's not zealotry. supporters. Yeah. It's followers. Because as I was talking yesterday, I was speaking to a very dear friend of mine who she is. Um, I went to law school with her, and she is. When I tell you a hardcore Republican, oh, mm-hmm. she is the definition of Republican. Right, right, part, right. The Republican right. Party. Her brothers work for the Republican Party. Well, she, let me let me clarify. Old school Republican well, Party. Well, that's where I'm going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, her family, she comes from a town in Ohio that is purely Republican. Mm. When I was in law school with her, she used to fight with me all the time healthy fight about she's like i can't believe you're a democrat what the hell is wrong with you you know like like she used to give me such a hard time right but all in good fun right, you know right, right. and um you know she told me yesterday because i actually hadn't spoken with her in in a while and mm-hmm. and probably before the coronavirus so oh wow not not like I hadn't spoken to her just, with, just hadn't gotten, in this yeah. middle into like the election right, cycle. Right, right, right. And I'm like, you know, what do you think about this? And she's like, look, I don't like Joe Biden. Um, right. I can't stand Kamala Harris I for these reasons. Um, but she's like, I'd rather deal with a president that, that is a president. I, I'd rather deal with a president <laughs> that I don't care for than to deal with a president that is slowly destroying our democracy, chipping our country apart, and potentially is the person that can unravel and undo our country. 
And I was like, wow. wow. That is coming from a Republican that bleeds. Well, she bleeds red because it's blood, <laughs> but bleeds Republican red. <laughs> Ple- bleeds Republican red. Is that like millennial pink? <laughs> no, I don't know millennial pink. And I was like, wow. I was like, I didn't say that. It's like... <laughs> I, I I will say like again I we I was at my parents' house we started watching it and then we just paused it and actually my dad just started and I just started talking. Thirty minutes into it, because I was on my computer, I was working on a bunch of stuff, and thirty minutes into it, I just looked at I just kind of looked up you know on my computer screen at the time and I literally turned to my father and I'm like, nada que llevan estos viejos cacareando 30 minutos. So I it felt like I eight think years. Chris Wallace did the best job he could. But I think, and we agreed with this, and we put it on our Instagram, I think that in the next debate, they need to bring Ana Maria Polo. Oh, absolutely. Ana Maria Polo would Mira, have ella, up there. Y le da un tremendo pescozón con el martillo ese que ella tiene. Like, she would, like they said, I saw a meme, it's like, I think it'd be the first time she'd actually use that thing. Yeah. I... I would give the money okay, I don't have. Can, okay, who do we? It's need? here in Miami. We need to figure this out. Who, who do we need to call? We need to figure this who out. Do we need you know, to call? Uh, Lucy Lopez. Lucy Lopez. Lucy, Lucy, you know someone. Um, does anybody you know, know somebody at Telemundo? I don't know. We need to figure this out. We 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 know somebody. Somebody that can make this happen. The doctora Ana Maria Polo. You know, that would be great. She will ha- have those men in gear. Like, and can I tell like, you how I want her? I want her to enter like on her motorcycle. No, no. Yeah, no, no. Like, no, because to show that she's tough, you know, like, she means business. She no, comes she can, in. She can walk in in a nice power suit. No, no, no. But again, in the motorcycle, like, you know, like, off stage. Like, Gentlemen, like, here's my gavel. I'm famous for this gavel. El primero que dice un disparate, cogotazo repartido. Mm-hmm. And if, and because you're in Miami, we can make this a little bit more local. Y te meto la chancleta. <laughs> Can you imagine that Trump? Well, no, that would be the first time a, a president gets thrown footwear. That's true. That's you know, true. Bush got a shoe thrown. Bush got a shoe. A chancleta is actually a step up. Yeah. There's less. There's less thing. You know, less material. I suppose. <laughs> Can I talk about one thing? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to continue harping on you know on on the politics and the Trump of it all or whatever. Okay, regarding his tax return, right? Like whatever. If it is true that he paid only seven hundred dollars, I think it's wrong, etc. Blah blah blah. Okay, fine. Where? Pero tú sabes la parte que a mí, as, as a person who has, you know, the ability to see and to have to spend and work for my money, you know what insults me as a human being? Mm-hmm. That that dying cotton candy swirl on his head was $70,000. He spent $70,000. He deducted $70,000 for hairstylist. Mm-hmm. Oye, le cogieron el dinero. I know. Que peluquería did that. Eso seguro fue una unisex. Not even. Oye, una unisex por lo menos 50 dólares. Y eso te hacen rayito. <laughs> Well, his hair is real. Darian. Jimmy Fallon touched it. Okay, Darian. But $70,000 to style that? No. That, that, eso yo no perdono. Eso es que ya, eso no tiene respeto al dinero. (laughs) I'm sorry. No. It was $72,000. Bueno, claro, el tip. He should go to Supercuts. He should go (laughs) to Supercuts. Tú te imaginas que él sale Supercut ahí. Ay... Ay, no entra nadie hoy. Ay, los me voy temprano. Los tips, hoy no hay tips. Y que entra Donald Trump por ahí. Y dice, like, Elsa, I want you to give me a cut. I want it to look huge. Huge, huge, huge. 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 You gotta t- uh, the H has to be a Y. I have, I have a gala today. <laughs> Ella, what, what, what is your. Uh, Elsa. Elsa. What, what is your legal status in this country? <laughs> Well, we're at it. Yeah, you know, before you touch my $70,000 hair. Yeah, so, so wait, are we going to, like, before we wrap up the debate talk, so... Are we, no, no, I'm not saying we can wrap it up. Are we going to talk saying, about but... the white elephant in the room? <laughs> the white elephant in the room? You know what? I, I will, I will, ask, okay, I'm going to break that question into two parts. Like, okay, I think it's, it's like, you. I, I've said this many times on this show, and I think you agree with me. It's, okay, yes. Not denouncing something is supporting it, right? I agree with that. I don't believe that Donald Trump is a quote-unquote racist because I do not believe that Donald Trump has the convictions necessary to care about anything other than himself. It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, now with all that said, the reason he doesn't denounce... It's not because he's quote-unquote racist. It's just because that's his base. And he wants to stay in power. So he's not going to denounce the people who vote for him. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? It's it, for him. It's not about belief. It's about keeping okay. me in power. Okay, that may all be true, but I'm not saying it's right or wrong. That I'm not may saying all it's be right. true, but you know. Do you? I didn't know what the Proud Boys were until this week. Yes, I did know what the Proud Boys were. Okay, I did. Um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Proud Boys. Okay, there is. Um, I've known who they are for quite some time. Okay. Um, Vice News, which I watch. Um, I haven't seen Vice News in forever. It's an HBO. It's it airs well, on HBO. But no, you watch not, it. Anymore. not now, anymore. Now, no, because they have the Vice Channel, so they are only airing on their channel now. Okay. Well, I used to watch an HBO, but now I watch it online. Um. I'm the first one that says that I acknowledge that Vice News leans to the left. It's so, super left, yeah. And I watch it knowing that. Right. And, and even though I consider myself a liberal, sometimes I watch Vice News and I'm like, no, that's not necessarily right, right. the way they, I see they've, it. They've taken a right. position. Because right. that is how it's supposed to be. Oh, stop you're, with your logic and your inferences. You're supposed to have rationale. Stop even, with understanding things. Right, even you're, if it's something that you generally... Agree with Cos and Larry, don't be ridiculous, right? You know, again, that's more of a left leaning um, right. channel, and many times I watch it and I, I'm like, like no. no, 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 that's not exactly the way I see right. it, but anyway, they did this report on the Proud Boys some time ago, mm-hmm. um, which was very interesting. So they've and, been around for a bit, yeah, they've been around for a while, they've okay. been around for a while, and it was very interesting. And credit to them, they opened full access to, oh, to okay. her. Um, I was, was it the girl who covered Charlotte? Um, no. La, la Rubia con los... No, no, no. Esta chiquita es Argentina. Oh, okay. um, and they they were very... They embraced her in terms of her reporting. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of what it looks like on the video. I don't know behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, they've been around for quite some time. Uh-huh. And most of them are Cuban. Are they really? Uh, yeah, most of them are Cuban. And um, they're exactly what you hear. The Proud Boys. You know, they they're... That sounds Western, like a Christian boy band. They call themselves Western chauvinists. Like an omelet? Right. And, you know, the problem with these, you know, they're considered by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group. Okay. Okay. Um, the problem with a lot of these really extreme kind of right-wing groups, whatever you want to call them, is that they've kind of appropriated the American flag. Think about it. When you see a big pickup truck with an American flag, what do you think of right now? Ignorant redneck, quote right. unquote. You yeah. think, oh, where's the Trump? Right, right, right. Singer? Where's the MAGA? Yeah. Right. Because they've appropriated the American flag. Right. So that's why the other day when I was part of that caravan, I'm like, oh, yeah, we need American flags here. Oh, we that's need American very smart. flags here because, yeah, no. Yeah, I've never met people who have feel the need to prove their nationality more than, than so, those people. So, you know, as far as the Proud Boys go, um, I'm going to leave it up to the listener to look up exactly you have homework. What, they, what they are. Look up the thing on YouTube, mm-hmm. on Vice News. Just put Vice News, Proud, Proud Boys. Boys. Okay. Um, and it's all here in Miami. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they... they. You know what's so hard watching? <laughs> Is that, that, that you know you probably went to school with people like that? And, and grew up in the same... To school? Why not? <laughs> But so, I'm saying that we grew because, up, that because, we grew up in the same environment. Basically, their whole shtick is mm. right. A, a, a main part of their shtick is mm. that we came to this country because we were exiled okay. from communism. Okay, when we came to With this you so country, far. we worked our ass off, right? Okay, and nothing was given to us. Right. Okay. And everybody else that's coming today is asking is coming for a handout. To asking for a handout. Right. Mm-hmm. And look, obviously, I see this as a very extreme. Right right, 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 right. And when you start looking at it that way, you see who's who. Mm-hmm. Right. White. You know, European. Right. Right. And everybody else, you know indigenous and all that because again which is what they talk about in that report Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this 
a million times, you know, with our people. Yes. Because we're Cuban, we could talk about it. Damn right. You know, Cubans see themselves as superior from everybody else, you know. Right. Every other other Spanish-speaking country uh, is... Except for maybe Spain. Yeah. 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 Well, no, that's the motherland. Por eso. Except for Spain. Right. 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 And imagine that on steroids. That thought on steroids. So when I hear them speaking... Their rhetoric is not unfamiliar to me at all. I mean, it's not unfamiliar to you at all either. It's just next level. Yeah, it's a little bit more extreme and right, 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 right. But that's what I mean. Like you, but, you know where they started from. But their main rhetoric is not. It's like, oh, well, we've been yeah. hearing it for years. Yeah, yeah it's been hearing it for years. You know, Cuban exceptionalism. You know, like we are the best. We are the smartest, <laughs> most cultured. You know, the sky is bluer in Cuba. The grass is greener. Everything was the, the water's wetter. Cubans are the hardest working, smartest people in the world that may have the best doctors. It's the culture. Culture comes from Cuba. Culture was not forget you forget know, the Greeks forget the Greeks and the the Romans. the Romans. Culture is from Cuba. The best schools, the best politicians, the best thinkers, the best philosophers, the best you know in the history of humanity mm-hmm. came from Cuba. Right. So you know, everybody so it's nothing else new for us. is subordinate. Really? <laughs> like, oh my, everyone. <laughs> It kind of reminds me, you know what it kind of reminds me. But the the thing is that in the movie, it's a joke and they're laughing at it in my big fat greek wedding remember oh right 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 where but right they're lampooning it they're like when the when when, when you're my favorite line is when her father says in greek to what's his name ian no ian when he says when your family was hanging from trees mine were writing philosophy it's like yeah it's that yeah yeah, and exactly. I bet Cubans wrote philosophy before the Greeks. Well, yes, of course. Even though Cuba didn't exist back then. <laughs> but I'm sure you don't did. know. You didn't know that. You weren't there. You were not there. Listen, as we know, Cubans are everywhere in this world. So you know what? Maybe there was one or two Cubans in Greece. Oh my gosh, I'll never forget that one. We were in Santorini. Oh. Uh-huh. In Santo, in Santo freaking Rini, which is like the size of Kendall. You know, in the Aegean Sea. <laughs> right. There was a. Like a little shop blasting Celiacru. Blasting. That it was one of those things because you know, when you hear something so close to you in like you a know foreign it. land, yeah. you're kind of like it's a, a, a dog whistle. It's like, wait, <laughs> did I hear somebody say azúcar? Did I hear Celiacru in Greece? You know, like, what was that? <laughs> We're everywhere, baby. <laughs> As I sniff on this Albisa candle. Yes. Thank you, Albisa. We got our Albisa candles, our guest yes. from last week, oh my who does the wonderful candles. I, I don't know what that woman did. I'm pretty I sure, told you wizardry. I'm pretty sure there's a Pancuano inside this candle. <laughs> she just melts the Pancuano down and then With shapes the, it into a wax. candle. Yeah, that's what she does. We got your secret. That's it. We gave your secret away. We Done. So actually, now that we're talking about politics and voting and all that, you know how you always hear about voter suppression? Yes. And um, some people say that voter suppression is a problem and other people say it doesn't exist, right? So let me give you an example of voter suppression. So as you guys know, um, one of the things this year is that uh, the whole controversy with mail-in voting. Mm -hmm. Now, mail-in voting has always existed. It's Since the Civil War? Yes. (laughs) The president has even voted uh, mail-in vote. I did a mail-in vote when I was in Michigan. Did you do a mail-in vote? Well, no, because I wasn't up there during election. Okay. Uh, mail-in voting, there's never really been a problem with mail-in voting. Right. If there have been problems, they've been few and far between. Right, the exception. In fact, right. um, in the last election, presidential election in 2016, uh, you know, they have to do reports on this. The amount of fraudulent mail-in votes were mm. was point zero 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 three. Oh, wow. Let me say that again. The amount of fraudulent votes in the 2016 presidential election were 0.0003. Okay. Right? So, but now mail-in voting is a fraud and there's a whole Every, problem. Right, 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 right. Right. Um, the reason is for that is because historically more Democrats vote mail-in than Republicans. So, um, Texas, mm-hmm. the wonderful state of Texas, we love Texas, Um <clears throat> You know, you could get a really, as we said a couple of weeks ago, a really big house with a really big yard in Texas at a reasonable price. Um, In Texas, the governor passed a law that each county in Texas, which there's 256 Mm. counties in Texas, um, is only going to have one mail-in voting uh, box. What do you mean? Sorry. It's going to have each county Uh is going to have only one mail-in voting drop box. 
like at one per county. Oh, Dropbox. Okay, because I'm like, if I mail it, how is it only one no, box? No, because so, a lot of people get a mail-in vote and they use they, Right, right, right. They drop it off. They drop it. Well, you know what? I think the problem is that I know you said it's .003 was the mail-in fraud. But remember that... .003. Every, sorry, but remember in Texas, everything is bigger. So maybe right. maybe there was more fraud there. Or maybe it's going to be a huge Dropbox. <laughs> like the one in Macy's for Santa? Oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh, this one will be as festive. I, no, I can't imagine it yeah. would be. So one per county. Per county. One per county. You know, and there's some very big cities in Texas. One. So per in county. other words, if you're gonna if you're going to do a mail in, you either have to. I think that Houston. I think that the Houston metropolitan area is bigger than the Miami metropolitan area. Yes, it is. So imagine it is, if it's a Miami had one Dropbox. Wow. And then they say that voter suppression doesn't exist. So how do you like them apples? Mi gente, we know this year's already been plenty scary, but there's always room for ghosts and brujas. This year, the ghouls and goblins are gathering at the Horrorland, South Florida's first 100% drive-through haunted house attraction. On select dates from October 1st through October 31st, Halloween, you can experience 35 chilling minutes across seven haunted house themes from Alice in Horrorland to Christmas Nightmare. No, hasta la crisma are getting in on the spooky fun this year. And all from the safety of your car, para que no te dé la corona. Starting at less than 50 bucks per car, tickets for the Horrorland Drive-Thru Haunted House must be purchased in advance at www.thehorrorland.com. So gather up your wolf pack or your ghoul friends and experience the Horrorland, South Florida's safest, spookiest attraction this Halloween season. So I read today, switching gears, that Americans over 30 have been drinking more during the coronavirus pandemic yes, compared we have. to this time last year. Excuse me. And there could be consequences to their physical and mental health, researchers reported on Tuesday. So let's talk about this. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been drinking more and you're fine. Okay, okay well, I mean, obviously... I wouldn't consider you somebody with a drinking problem. Um, <laughs> Fair you're enough. a social drinker, like you know most, people. like most people. So what? What? But what I have is... been drinking a little more. I will, okay, so here's the thing. I, I guess I'm drinking a little more just because it's like I don't have to drive. You know what I mean? So like, right? But but I guess the thing behind it is, it are is your because you're you're working from home, right? Right. So and you everything's can, closed, right? But you can make you can make an argument how working from home is. Um, more comfortable, you know, there's obviously certain mm. comforts to it right. uh, versus going into the office. So is it, do you feel more pressure? Do you feel more like cabin fever? It's do more you, cabin fevery. Yeah. It's more, not so much now. Um, I would say that probably when this started more because when it started, you know, people were doing more of the, the Zoom happy hours and let's all get together. And, you know, so, you know, everybody's getting together and you would have a drink and then you'd have another drink because, again, you're not driving anywhere and you already have the bottle at home. It's not costing you anything. Um, I would say that now the novelty has worn off for me, you know, in the sense of like, I'll have a drink probably even more so than I would in the past. But for the most part during the week, like I would not drink. And now I'm like, well, I'll have a glass of wine on a Tuesday or, you know, uh uh, a tumbler of whiskey on a Thursday, you know. A whereas, tumbler of whiskey. Yeah, a little, you know, a little tumbler, you know. What's a tumbler of whiskey? It's like a little, the glass, the little tumbler glass. Well, you know that. I don't drink, so I I don't drink any liquor, and I don't drink coffee. <sighs> but I drink soft drinks. This is why you and I, grow, you know, this is why we never went out to bars because it was just like. Uh, listen, I could take down a mean. Bueno, I've told you, I've told you, I can. What is exceptionally kind of surprising in me, as you know, I could take alcohol like an Irish. No, man. no, no. Yeah, you have a huge tolerance. You just don't like it. Right. So yeah, it's not even that, that. Because I must admit, when I went to that uh, a couple of years ago, when we you were still in New York, that we went to that party at one of your oh, friend's yeah, house. Yeah. That I was like, you know what? Tonight 
I'm going to show you that I can drink. And I drank and drank and drank and drank and drank. Yep. And I barely had a buzz. Yeah. Mientras que tú were like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you were like. I was three sheets yeah. and then some. Yeah. And I was like, okay, do it out. Well, you know, you're also, you're also built bigger than I am. Whatever. But, you know. So, yeah. So, apparently, there's going to be a lot of. Uh, I know. When this whole pandemic is over, there's going to be like, okay, people go. I think being a dietitian is probably going to be yes for sure yeah um, substance abuse counselors probably. personal trainer a personal trainer probably uh, foreclosure defense so let's gear up for that divorce a divorce evictions um what else oh my gosh Florida is um they're lifting up the eviction moratorium oh really when I think in November first oh wow that is going to be a really big problem. You heard it here first. Yeah. That is going to be a really big problem for somebody. I mean, foreclosure defense is different, but I did a lot of foreclosure defense after the housing uh, crisis. Um, the This whole thing is going to be a shit show for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. For everybody involved. Because... When you evict someone, so for our listeners who, well, I'm sure everybody knows, um, most states during the coronavirus had um, an eviction moratorium. Right. So you couldn't, if you had a tenant, you couldn't sue them uh, for eviction. You couldn't evict right. them. If they couldn't pay rent, essentially they, they could them. stay. And I'm totally for that. I'm totally for that. This is a that. situation that warranted something. That. But, but. You know, there's two sides to everything. Yeah. The and bank still wants my payment. Yeah. Because listen, you know, I have two apartments and luckily both of them are Section 8. Yeah. There's two. There's several people that came to our office who were private landlords. Que yeah. tenían una casita, un apartamento that they were renting. And they were private. You know, they were like, retired. what do I do? Yeah. And that was their income. And I remember there was this woman that we told that to and she started to cry. And she's like, but this is where I make yeah. my income. This is where I buy my, my groceries yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, that was her income. So... You know, it's going to be a shit show because now the dockets are going to be clogged. And then um, landlords are not going to get the money. The back the back rent. They're not going to get it. So they're probably going to have to evict the person right. and spend the money evicting evict the person, them. Yeah. And the person getting evicted is not going to be able to pay. Right. Because now this has been going on for six, seven months. I mean, with how much rent is a month, the average person cannot pay the backlog yeah most people can't pay so let's can't, say let's most say people can't pay rent, month to month let's much say that your deal. rent was a thousand dollars which it's not it's more Pero bueno. so are you gonna pay seven thousand dollars in back rent de un golpe de un golpe no no you probably can't even pay it as an installment plan because mm -hmm. if you could have at least paid a thousand you would have paid it no, or if you could have paid less, you probably would have gone to the landlord and been like, listen, yeah. I so can't pay 1000 I can pay 200 So it's one of those things that, like, that is going to be a really big problem. No, I can't. Yeah. And it doesn't really have a solution. It's just, you're going to have to grunt and bear it. So, ¿qué me dices? Well, I, I have something that I want to... I feel like I know how you are going to feel about this. No, but, you don't. But I will ask anyway. So, um, some of you may know, um, this week... John Legend and Chrissy Teigen suffered a, not even a miscarriage, because I think that she actually had to have the baby. Yeah. And the baby died. Yeah. I Was that the case? She I had, thought it was a miscarriage. Well, I, I, so I, I'll, I'll get to it. So, you know, she had been having uh, a lot of bleed, vaginal bleeding, so she went to the hospital and what have you and whatever. So today they announced that it was, I think they're calling it a miscarriage, but the thing is that so the issue I have, I, I don't want to get ahead of my issue because it ties into the, the reason that I think it was a stillbirth type of situation. Mm -hmm. As you know, Chrissy Teigen can't exist unless she's telling the world everything that happens. Are you going to say that they named the baby? No. Okay. So this is clearly a very traumatic Mm -hmm. experience. And everybody processes trauma differently. Right. Like we've seen many times where, you know... Uh, a person is killed and then it's like, oh, the husband has to have been the guilty one because he's not grieving properly, right? And it's like, no, everybody does it differently. However, they, when this happened, did not just really do like a press release. There is, for lack of a better word on my part, what I will consider to call essentially a photo shoot that they released. A black and white picture of her 
on the bed in mid cry. Another one of her and John in the hospital bed holding what looks like a, a ba- like a baby wrapped in a blanket. Is this on their social media? I don't know if it's on their social media. I saw it on, on EW. Okay. Um, and there's another picture that I can't I can't think of the, what it is right now. They're all black and white. They're all. I don't want to say they look staged because I'm sure that they were in the moment. But again, it's I'm seeing it. You're seeing it. But it's it's you know they it's a it's a photo shoot. I mean, I'm sorry for lack. You know what? You can call me callous. You can call me cruel. You can call me whatever you want. To me, these pictures look like a photo shoot at what yeah, should I'm, be. I'm looking at them. Okay, I'm looking at them. It, it, during what should be one of the most, tr- or what is, because it is a tragic event for yeah, I am um, not taking away from yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it looks like she did have um, a stillborn, which, I mean, I think that that... That kills you. Yeah, it's a stillborn. Um, I mean, a miscarriage is hard enough on a couple. A stillborn, that has to tear you up. I... I am a very, ironically, anybody who's followed me on Instagram will think, will be like, really? I'm actually a very private person when it comes to posting certain things on social media. As many, Except your But as many, as many shirtless pictures and me in skimpy bathing suits and whatever that I post on my personal, like, I'm not the guy to post things like when my grandfather passed away, I didn't post a thing. I didn't, because I'm a, for, for things that are meaningful like that. That's private. I, That's for me. So here, okay. So I'm gonna. I, I I'm, gonna, I, I'm gonna argue I, both sides of I, it. I, I find that I find that whole thing. It's one thing to do a press release to be like, "This happened to us. Thank you for your right. well wishes. Respect our privacy." To me, quite frankly, okay. that seems tacky. So I'm gonna first of all, um, I'm gonna argue both sides of it. I've sort of been in that situation, um, so I certainly you know appreciate the trauma behind it. Um, I would say that maybe she is doing it to show people, especially women who've gone through that, that even her, like, look, she's a celebrity, she's Mm -hmm. rich and famous, that it hurts the same and that, you know, you're not alone, right? She's using her celebrity and her platform to, yeah, to support women and be like, we're all in this together. Right. Right. But is the loss but, of a baby but, really but, something but, that has but, a stigma? Well, I mean, we're no, not talking about well, seeking mental no, health. No, no, no. But it's something that's very traumatizing. And you know that there is a certain power to being a celebrity. And I think that when you, whatever it is, you know, whether it's a miscarriage or a breakup or when something happens to you that's not mm-hmm. good and you hear that it happens to a celebrity, you know, sometimes it's a little comforting in a way because you, we, in our culture, we kind of see celebrities as like demigods, like, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're rich and powerful and all that. You know, a lot of people do that. A lot of people do. So it's kind of relatable that it's like, oh my gosh, that person is going through the same thing I'm going through, mm-hmm. right? What I find a little bit disturbing with them and what I just saw on Instagram, as you said, are the pictures. Um, I mean, they're holding and one, the baby, which obviously the baby died. There's one of her crying. And I think that that, you know, there's a, I think there's a difference between sharing and sharing. Right. You know, you as a celebrity, I think can share certain personal aspects of your life, like behind the scenes stuff right. and all that. And like you, you know, said, to destigmatize certain right, things. See my husband, see my kids, see my house. Right. But there's certain things you just don't share. Mm-hmm. Right? right? I agree. And I think that that and what I just saw, that's where I, I'm like, you, I find it tacky. You just took one of the most intimate moments, intimate, private, stressful, stressful, day. terrible times. And you, Posted it on your social media. That's like I don't, I don't get when people on social media post pictures of a dying relative. Right. Um, I've actually seen people post on social media pictures of funerals. Yeah, that's weird. Or people that, and again, you know, each family has their different customs. Right. I, I I've seen so much people like. And the anniversary of the death of somebody, right. they'll go and take a picture of them in the, you know, at the, their, the, the tombstone, the tombstone, and take a picture like of the kids right. of the right. grandkids. Yeah, and like everybody standing by, right? So, like they're at Disney World with Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I, I don't get that, right? Because especially on the date somebody died, because you're kind of celebrating that day. It's weird, and that's not a day that you yeah. should celebrate. But everybody's to different own. to each their own. I do agree that 
the pictures are a little bit too much. That was my problem. That if she, if they want to release a statement and maybe put a picture of like, you know, a close up of them holding hands with her with the hospital band on, you know, something like that. But I mean, it's. Because it makes me feel it like. It makes it look staged. Like, like in the pages, in the pictures that she has on her Instagram, there there's pictures of her with a doctor, pictures of the, her and John holding the baby, pictures of her just crying. So does she have like a foot? So there's pictures in, in all aspects. And like, this is a hospital spectrum, during COVID, by the way. Right, in the, the whole spectrum right. of it. So. And, and they John, were just documenting Because I was going to say, oh, maybe John took the pictures, but John is in two of the pictures. Right. So I'm like. Did you have a photographer there? Like, right. I, I'm, yeah, I don't. I, I find don't... it distasteful. Again, everybody mourns in their own way and everybody does their own thing. But I guess this answers my question that if a tree falls in the wood and Chrissy Teigen isn't there to take a picture of it, was it even planted? Well, but I mean, that's the culture that we live in. This is a, this is the Kardashian world. Yes. And I, and I, I criticize mean... it all the time. This is something they would do. Like... Oh, I'm surprised that may... Chris Jenner may have taken the pictures. I was going to say. I was about to say, get that we haven't seen the Kardashians giving birth. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we have. I saw yeah. when Courtney took the baby out when she was no, like. I'm sure we've seen all of she them. She bent over and just pulled it out, you know. If Kris Jenner could time travel and record the birth of the of her daughter, she would. Yeah, this is the Kardashian world we live in. Yeah, I think the pictures are a little too much. They're just. They're That's where I draw the line. Do you know what reaction it's been getting? Not really. Um, I, I just saw the, on Entertainment Weekly, you know, when they posted like. Because again, the headline on, on Entertainment Weekly, it was a picture of like of them like, you know, at, at an event. It was just you know them on the red carpet or something, and it says, you know, uh, Chrissy Teigen and John John Legend uh, lose baby or, or what have you. Oh so I clicked on it and I was like, I la po-. You know, again, I'm like, coño, la pobre, because that's horrible. And as I'm scrolling down to read, you know, because they tell you what happened, but then they give you the background, and I'm looking at the pictures and I'm just like. But did this woman have like her Brits at her, you know, in her hospital room to take these, you know, tasteful yet tragic pictures? It's it, I, I. Somebody posted here. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the on her comments. page. Yeah, and you felt it acceptable to post this on social media platform? Shameful. Let's see what people put. Again, I I know everybody mourns differently, and I see what you're saying about. You know, making people feel like you're not alone in this. But I return to what I was saying. I do not think that this is a topic that people feel stigmatized about necessarily. They do. They, no, they do. They do. They do. A they stillborn? Do. Uh, I mean, well, that's not no, something you. That's not something uh, you can control. Not stillborn, but of losing a pregnancy. Because losing a pregnancy, you know, and that's something I could sort of relate to. Losing a pregnancy is something that is very. I mean, it's very traumatic, and as the pregnancy goes along, the further on, of course, further, of course, more and more and more, because you know, whereas you first you hear your heartbeat, then you don't, then you know the, the stages of pregnancy as it grows, yeah, you know, as it grows, okay, now you can feel it kicking, now you can't, you know, right. now you, you know, it's sitting now in your it's bladder, cer- <laughs> it's certain, it's certain, you know, you're five, six months pregnant, mm-hmm. now you're already getting the nursery together right, and right. doing a baby shower. Yeah, it's not just happens. the baby in your stomach, so, it's everything else. So it, there's stages to it and obviously the more evolved and the, and the higher the stage, the even bigger the trauma is and in her case, it was a stillborn. So, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's, it's a terror. It's one of the worst things. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think most people agree with me that I think that the worst thing somebody can go through is the loss of a child. So, right. so this is... You know, especially in her situation, it's no. I, I don't think it's any different. You know, especially like when you're about to give birth, the illusion that you have of your baby. Oh no, and no, no, all no, that no. Stuff. As, as, as I, I agree with so, everything you're so, saying. As so, a mother, so what you're saying uh, is there a stigma about it? Yeah, there is because it's it's a terrible time that you feel alone. You feel nobody understands your pain, even though you know you know that other people have gone through that. Okay, but when somebody loses a baby be it miscarriage or stillborn or whatever, it is not the same as when you are, and I'm, I know these are not comparable, but go with me. It's not the same as when somebody says they're an alcoholic. When you say you're an alcoholic, people automatically assume it's your fault because you don't know when to stop. No. When you, that's what I mean by destigmatizing. No, but, well, there's not a stigma in so far that, you know, it's like, well, what did you do right, to cause right, miscarriage? Right, but, that, but that's what I mean. Like, but but, but, but I, you do feel, you do feel alone. And you oh, feel, of course. You know, that, at that specific moment, you feel like that, that, that the, nobody is the world feeling is over. your pain. You know, nobody feels your yeah. pain like you do at that moment. So I agree with you that, 
I think that she could have handled that in a more discretionary way. You know, she could have posted something. It could have been a video, you know, hey, you know, John and I, this happened to us. And, right. you know, we need some time to recover from this. Also, and, you know, it happened today and uh, I posted today. I'm sending out, like, you know. time didn't even I, I'm sending out my love to all the women who have gone through this. Right. I feel you, you know, we're in this. You know, something like that. Yeah, the pictures are a little bit too much. I, I think the, the pictures are a little bit too much. But again, it's the Kardashian world we live in. If it doesn't happen on social media, did it did happen? happen? You know? No, you're right. I, it's just with her. I know Chrissy you know Teigen. I don't care for her. Chrissy Teigen, you know, is an overshare on social media. Clearly. clearly. But the thing with Chrissy Teigen versus the Kardashians is that Chrissy Teigen does sort of actually have a gig yes 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 she was a model she is a host she she has cookbooks she has cookbooks you know she is married to john legend they are kind of like a power couple right so she does have some substance like there's 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 something there yeah i do i do agree that her social media has kind of elevated her to the next point to the next level but there is something there whereas the kardashians didn't she has a skill right the kardashians (laughs) were you know famous for being well, for, they're famous for being famous. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the, the day, team. at the end of the day, yes. Um, so I mean, uh, again, it goes with what I said a minute ago. I think that if you're well, a public person or a private person, because nowadays with social media, we're all public figures to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. I love how on Instagram, we're all a there's brand, people, baby. There's people with like 300 followers that say, "Oh, I'm a public figure." And I'm like, "Well, you have a healthy, healthy dose of self confidence," yeah. as a friend of ours would say. So. Um, I think there's a difference between sharing and sharing. sharing. And well, that's why I say like I'm the perfect example of it because like again I'm always in, you know in little shorts and swimsuits and shirts, but that's not you know what I mean like that's not personal. That's almost yeah. a caricature. <laughs> it is. Hmm. Your caricature caricature should have a name. Hmm. What should my caricature be? Should that be like a contest for our listeners? No, <laughs> we don't want to do that to them. <laughs> They don't want to do that to him. Just like I think you know what I would totally have right what? now? <laughs> you said that so sincerely. A sandwich. A sandwich. The sandwich. The sandwich. Yeah, but I'm not driving all the way over there. Well, they're, cl- they're closed by the time we're recording this, so you'd and be we, so we, disappointed. We love our friends at sandwich. We do. They really are the best sandwich. They're so good. They really are. And I don't just mean the sandwich. Just them. No, them, but... Like, everything. Like, I, I literally one day, and I actually I, I texted them afterwards... It was like at the beginning of the pandemic, more or less, and I was just having a totally shit day. Mm-hmm. And I was on my way back from something, and I was like, you know what? Hace rato que yo no voy y no me como un, un sandwich de sandwich. And I got off I ninety five, and I went there, and like I got there, and uh, and Rose and Rosa, one of the owners, she was there, whatever, and we just started talking to her and talking and talking, and and you know, and he was there también in the back, and and afterwards I was just like, I feel happier now, mm-hmm. just by having been like in that. That good vibe. You know, you know I have to say that maybe it's something that's come with age. I've um I've learned to like really appreciate Cuban sandwiches and Mediano, which is in the last like five or six years. Oh yeah. No, more like ten years when I opened up my office in Hialeah. Oh well, that'll do it. Because when I opened up my office in Hialeah, there was um a little sh- Cuban little shop like right next to it mm-hmm. that they used to make Mediano sandwiches. But this was like amazing, like, like drenched in sta- butter. Yes, it was. I'm like, this is the best mediano sandwich I've ever had. And I gained like 10 pounds eating mediano <laughs> sandwiches every day. Um, and that kind of like makes in because before with Cuban sandwiches. But I, you don't like when the bread's too hard. Either. I don't like when the bread is too hard either. That is why I love sandwich. That's why I talk, you know, aside from the fact that everything else, like his ham is like, their ham is like yeah, the best quality and all like that. Everything, yeah. But their bread is like not like a brick. <laughs> Uh, well, I know you're hungry, but it, are you also thirsty? Oh, well, yes. It's time for our soda. It's time for the last sodas. So, um, I don't know if you want to go first. No, you can go first. So, I'm going to give my last soda to Amy Carrero. Do you know who Amy Carrero is? Do you mean? Some of our listeners may know her better as Elena of Avalor. Oh, yes. She is the voice of uh, Disney's first Latina princess. Uh, she's also the voice of She-Ra. Netflix is She-Ra. She was um, 
Sophia on Young and Hungry. She is a Miami girl. Also, some of us Miami people know her better from starring in the Shit Miami Girls Save video. Oh, yes. Um, You know, she's a homegirl, true and true. I'm just going to FIU. you. That was her. Mm-hmm. That was totally her. But the reason I'm giving her the last soda is because um, about a week ago or so, she posted this on her Instagram page. And I'm going to repost it on ours as well. But I think it shows an insight from somebody who is from South Florida, is Latina, and kind of understands things in a way that other people may not when they look at South Florida from a political uh, perspective. Then this is all a quote from her. Quote, Democrats are never going to win the Florida Latinx vote until they understand, and this is all in capitals, trauma. Some Latinx conflate socialism slash communism with authoritarianism because that's how many of the government leaders they fled got power. They promised socialism and delivered dictatorships. So when some folks hear free healthcare, free education, they hear we are plotting a government takeover of society. They are triggered, end quote. And I thought that was a very interesting insight that she had into the you know the 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 political mind of you know not all latinos of course but of some latinos who the, the knee jerk reaction is always to say eso es socialismo eso es el comunismo well, so well, so welcome to my life <laughs> yes i know i know but i think but i th- but she but she so eloquently put it into like five lines <laughs> um you know and i just you, I, so i get, so i want to give her the last soda it's for funny that because Whenever people have asked me that question, I take it personal. Which question? Sorry. Why are you a Democrat? Why are you a Democrat? Because Democrats are socialists. Okay. Okay. I take it personal because it's like, first of all, nobody loves freedom and understands freedom in the Constitution and is a pro-American and American values and capitalism more than me. Listen, people, we have sponsors. We're capitalists. Like, I love it. Capitalism. I mean... There's certain aspects of capitalism that you can make an argument like, oh, well, nothing's perfect. Are, you know, are like sometimes a little unfair. But I'm totally free market, totally capitalism. I totally believe in 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 freedom of all sorts. You're talking to the guy here that like believes that very rarely should speech ever be censored, right. even if it's speech that I find mm-hmm. offensive. Right. Right. But second of all, but most importantly. You know, I, like many, 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 many people, I grew up listening to the the struggle of my parents, you know, of everything that my parents went through in Cuba, how Mm -hmm. they were traumatized, how, you know, things were seized, how people were killed and executed and murdered. My uncle's a political prisoner. How on earth would I ever, politically speaking, be... A communist. Be a, a communist or a socialist, <laughs> yeah. but be, be akin to or be pro something that they fled and millions of people fled. Like, how would I ever support something like that? Right. Like, as a human being, I would never. Right. So, like, it's just incredible to me that people have accepted that rhetoric mm-hmm. without asking any questions. The sky is green, and you say, "Oh yeah, it's green," right. like with no questions. Right. Like, "Oh yeah, that's what it is." So now, because and and if you notice, this is an argument we're having about now. more now. Yeah, like we're talking about this now more because it's been used to weaponize. Right. You know, certain people in the right have been using using it to weaponize and trigger Cubans and Venezuelans. Right. I understand that the moment somebody hears socialism, it's a dog it, it, it's, it's, it's what I may have said. It, it, it pits you in the stomach. Right. I get that. I get that. And I get why they will. But to make it very clear, they're talking about wealth. They're talking about socialism, socialism as to the welfare state. I don't agree with socialism as to the welfare state. Right. I agree in socialist programs or like social security and things right, like right. that. But they're specifically talking as to the welfare state. They're not talking about socialism as to a form of government. Right. But they have used them as scapegoats right. to the, oh, Democrats are socialists. Right? Right. right? And now this is a conversation that we have to have. 
So yeah, she spoke about it very beautifully so, and very yeah. well put. So thank you, Amy Carrero. Actually, it's funny because she spells her name A I M E E. So whenever I see it, it's always Aime. Aime. It's Aime. Aime. She's, to me, she's Aime Carrero. Sorry. Well, I'm gonna be short and sweet. I'm gonna give my last soda mm-hmm. to Chris Wallace because he needs one. Oh God. He needs a bottle of whiskey. A bottle. Get him one of those barrels that they show in the commercials. And I'm just gonna leave it there. Yes, yeah, that's all. There's not much more to not say. Not much more to say. Really, we said it all earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, everybody, <laughs> we hope you listened, laughed, and learned. Everybody have a great weekend. Yes. Grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. And thank you for joining us. That was episode 129. Have a great weekend, everybody. Right, Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomblaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes.